Hello again, and welcome to an episode of The Artist Talk on the Alliance Theater Podcast. My name is Margarita Kompelmaker, and I am the Director of Community Partnerships and Engagement at the Alliance Theater, and I am delighted to be with you again, and extra delighted for this next conversation that you're about to hear with two of my favorite Atlanta actors, Andrew Benader and Neil Gant, both of whom are currently starring in the Alliance's A Christmas Carol. In this episode, you're going to hear from Andrew and Neil about their time with The Christmas Carol. For some, like Neil, it's been almost 23 years on stage in that production. But you'll also hear them talk about the life of an actor, the creative process, and highlights from their careers in the Atlanta theater community. It's a joyful conversation, and there'll be tidbits of amusing stories from the many years that they've collaborated on A Christmas Carol. Enjoy. Neil, what up? Where are you from? I am from, originally from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a, I'm a Georgia kid. I was born and raised here. Um, got my start in uh, you know theater um, here. Uh, had some great teachers here. And uh, this has been my home. I've, I've been in other places, but Atlanta is the, the home base. It's the, the starting point, the, the very sort of kind of foundation of, of how everything sort of flows out from my career for the most part, Atlanta. What about yourself? Also grew up in Atlanta, uh-huh. born and raised in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Um, all my, you know, K through 12 was in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, when, when was the first time, first play? When was the first time? First play I did? Oh man, um, first play. Interestingly enough, when I started, I would, um, I will record these, these, these uh, sort of improv. Uh, let me go. Let me actually let me go back even further than that. Yeah. I learned. Uh, I used to watch Looney Tunes cartoons when uh-huh. I was a kid. Just I would learn them in a, you know after school whatnot. Before I learned line for line, line for line, and then I would perform those for my mom and my brother, and it drive them crazy. So that was kind of yeah. That's how I kind of you know built up all the different sort of characters in my sort of in my mind. After that, I might have been. I couldn't have been more than like eight. I started, um, and I still have these to this day. I started making tapes, um, just tapes. Video? No, no, I, I, yeah, cassette tapes, oh, yeah. audio cassette tapes. I had this like little cassette recorder. It was old, and I would just improv stories. The stories, the stories. I had different characters. I had my, I kind of had my own little sort of cinematic universe, you know, where different stories would intertwine and interconnect. And I got. Dozens of tapes, dozens of tapes. I used to uh, have this character uh, who was a roving reporter, and he would get into. <laughs> this is just you. This is me. I did all the characters. I did all the voices. Uh, you know who? You know whatever it was. You know you had the main character, who of course was Neil Gant, was the main character. He's um, the roving reporter. He's the roving reporter. Right. Neil Gant, the roving reporter. And so he'd be on the streets. It's, it was set in New York, even though at that time I'd never been in New York. Right. Um, but yeah, he would just go from place to place interviewing people. He'd have he'd have a, a, a segment set up 
what he was really going to be on the streets interviewing about. But then something crazy would happen, like, you know, a building would catch on fire. And then he's like, you know, off into the adventure where there'd be a, a hurricane coming through or a tornado or something or somebody's on a building, you know, threatening to, you know, to jump off. And Do you remember? Did you know? Did you have Was there an outline of a plot or you just no. go? No, no. I would, I would hit record. How no. old are we talking about? Eight. Seven, wow. eight, yeah. When's the last time you listened to one? Oh, man. That's a really good question. Um, Do you know where they are? I know. They're at my mom's house. They're at my mom's house. Yeah, my mom has a mom. That's gold. Yeah, man. I, 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 I need to go. I need to go over to her. <laughs> I need to go over to her house and check them out. I haven't listened to them in years. And, you know, that would be fun to do. I haven't. Damn, man. I haven't done that in a long-ass time, dude. But, yeah, that's how I got started. After that, it was like... A good friend of mine, Dwight Green, who's a who's a pastor right now at a church, he wrote this play. And um, you know, then I did that play. That was the first sort of structured play that I ever did. And it was great. And after I was probably eleven then. And um yeah, man, it was great. It was it was fun, man. I I really wish I hope I hope that is somewhere too. I hope someone recorded that too, you know, but you know, that kind of stuff is lost to me after that. You know, um, that's really kind of how I got my start, yeah. and uh, it was real cool, man. It was real fun, and that was when that was when I kind of realized, started, you know, the wheels started spinning. Like, hey, you know what? I'm, I might actually be able to do this as an early teen. Yeah, man. I was yeah. I was like at this at this point, I might have been thirteen, maybe fourteen, and I really didn't know what acting truly was, or if you could make a career out of it. Mm-hmm. But I started realizing I wanted to do it. I was like, I really, really, really wanted to do it and, um, you know, be put in the right position to, to do it. I really wouldn't start understanding the full scope of the of the craft and the art until a few years later when I went to Tri-Cities. But, you know, that's that's kind of how I got started. Tri-Cities, which is mm-hmm. performing arts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Tri-Cities, performing arts. High school. Uh, high school, in a, and, it's a, and it's an academy now. It's like, you know, it's huge. It's way better than it was when I was there. It was a great school. It was just sort of kind of getting its feet. You know, it didn't even have a theater at the time when I first got there. They were building the theater. And um, I got a chance to meet with, uh, of course, get to work under Freddie Hendricks, who was the teacher at the time and is the teacher right now, ironically enough, teaching my kids. So, um, yeah, you know, my son, my son, Elijah, and my daughter, Emma, they just got finished doing a, a play at the school that they wrote, built, designed and put up and performed for a weekend. So, yeah, um, it's, that's kind of where things really started to change. I got an opportunity to work in his theater company as well called Freddie Hendricks Youth Ensemble. It was called the Freddie Hendricks Youth Ensemble of Atlanta at the time. It's just a youth ensemble now. He's not really associated with it very much uh, these days. But between 16 to 18, I think I, that was when I got the best training I could get. Right. You know, Freddie taught us how to be professionals. Mm-hmm. You know, he always he would always say that that we're not doing high school plays. We're not just doing you know uh, kiddie plays. You know, we, we dealt with some real content. You know what I mean? From uh, Godspell, Liz, um, Dream Girls. Did Dream Girls my senior year, and we he wasn't joking. I mean, he worked our behinds off. We would we we would have a real serious rehearsal schedule, man. Right. Like. Um, Right before we start the show or like the weekend before the show, we do tech, man. We be working, we get, you know, excused from class. Um, and we would be in the theater all day. 
all day, man. It was tough. It was tough, but it, it was rewarding when, you know, finally, like, you know, when we finally, like, put everything together. It was awesome, man. Did you do anything like that when you got started? Or how'd you, how'd you, how did you know? When, what was that? What was that? Anyway. All right. So I also, as a kid, I did characters. Mm -hmm. I can remember doing this character, and I would do it for my mom and crack her up. Where I would, I'd stand on the bed and I'd go, uh, uh, "Hey, Fred, how you doing? Fred, everything good? Fred, what's up? Fred, 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 no, 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 Fred!" And then I'd fall down on the bed. Fred shot me. What, what? Who's Fred? Just some guy. He was, he was upset. Yeah, some guy was with ill intent, obviously. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, so I did. I, I, I had. I didn't know it, and I had no structure for it. But I had the desire to play characters mm -hmm. and to entertain people. You know, to. Uh, but then the first time, I did a. The first like true structured performance I did was in eighth grade. It was like a social studies play where I played like a senator or something, you know. But then, and I enjoyed it. And then the next year, ninth grade, I'd kind of washed out of organized sports pretty much. And my mom, she said she encouraged me to audition for the play that was being, you know, that they were auditioning for. It was called Dark of the Moon, which I think used to be done in you know high schools all over the country. Um, I auditioned, I got a role, I met all these people. I was, instead of just being with the ninth graders, I was with sophomores, juniors, seniors, yeah. and like they uh -huh. treated me like a peer and, mm -hmm. they, and, and, you know, you called the teacher by his first name and, and the director, like it was just a whole different world within this yeah. pretty conservative school that where I was. Um, what school was that again? At the time, that was Love It. Love it. Which is the school here. Okay, what, what, are, what are they now? What's, it's, it's still Love It. It's the Love It school, right? Love it school. I, I, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You've done, you've done shows for them. Really? Haven't you not done a, oh, I don't know. a show for I mean, they may school. come to see us, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, not to so, cut you off. But, yeah. So that was my first play, and I, I just loved it. I was like, these are my people. Like, I, these are my people. Uh, I, I just felt... I felt like my... I felt like my truest self that, you know, that I, that I, that more so than I had in any other little clique or subset or, or mm -hmm. organization. Mm -hmm. um, and I got a lot of positive feedback. People were like, wow, he's good. That guy's, you know, got something. Uh huh. Um, so after that, I actually, I switched schools at that point and I went to Pace Academy, which is another school in Atlanta. Okay. Um, and which was really known for their theater. They had a really strong theater department. And I immediately started, you know, that was what I did. I did two shows a year for 10th, 11th, 12th grade. Um, uh, but I wasn't, unlike you, I was not thinking of it. I knew it was what I did and what I liked doing, but I didn't really think of it as a career. So then I was going to look at colleges and everywhere I went to a college, I would always ask, like on a tour, I would ask to see the theater. You know, and I would ask lots of questions about the theater department, but I wasn't looking at theater schools. I wasn't trying to be a theater major. These weren't BA, uh, BA programs um, uh, or BFA programs. Yeah, right. um, so I go to college. Same thing happens. I immediately start doing plays and I never stop. And it was as a sophomore, it was the first time I thought I really like now I'm thinking life. Like this yeah, is what I want to do. It, yeah. Um, but I loved... 
where I was. Mm. So, and I, I thought about transferring to like a really a real training program. Um, I wound up staying at that college, and then I went to a master's training program in San Francisco at American Conservatory Theater. Um, and then I was committed. Like I was, you know, committed. This is the direction. This is the path. Um, you know, and then so then you get get out of school, and you you're uh, what are you going to do? What kind of work do you want to do? And the time, like you do whatever work you can do, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, but the the older you get, and the more thought you give to what do you want to do, and how do you determine what you want to do, um, and you start to realize the power of saying no. Uh, I don't want to do that. You know, like the first time you turn down a job, like that's mm -hmm. a that's a big deal, man. Because <laughs> you know you get you get the sense that hey, you know, I got to take. I gotta get everything I can get, yep. but I agree with you. It's it's you know the process by which you, you you're trying to um, you really like for me. I just want to do good stuff. You know what I mean? The 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 piece when I'm when I'm picking a play or picking a show or you know auditioning for a film or TV thing, you know, like that. Um, I got particulars, man. I really do. I um, it's got to jump off the page. For me, I tend to, you know, look for true stories, stuff that you that's not so highbrow, so out of the realm of reality. Uh, the first plays I ever did, really, in a, in a professional setting, was with you know the the youth ensemble of Atlanta, Freddie Hendricks. We we would talk about you know child abuse in America, you know drug abuse, uh, the apartheid laws in South Africa, those kinds of things, and that's always been my kind of wheelhouse meaningful honest provocative and often often controversial you know uh pieces you know or plays so it's got to kind of be like that for me man otherwise i i you know especially like you said it's like you know, at a certain age man i'm like ah, nah, nah, i'm not doing that man. Mm -hmm. it's just no time man what about yourself what are your thoughts on like what are, what are you looking for specifically when uh you know a script or someone offers you a show or something like that. If I'm, uh, what's the play? Right. You know, is it a good play? Mm -hmm. Is it, uh, I've always thought, I've always, my answer forever was like, I just want to do good writing, whether it's, it could be a play, a commercial, yeah. a voiceover, you know, it could be something where I'm on for 10 seconds or, you know, two and a half hours, it whatever, as long as it's good. Mm. Um, but also, as I've gotten older, and especially being in a part of a community, Yep. as we are here yep. Yep. Um, and you know a lot of the people and you work with a lot of the same people like uh, who's involved who's directing yeah. who else is in it that, I, I find that more and more these days like okay is Andrew Benader in the show okay boom that's a plus <laughs> no series like straight up is, is Courtney Patterson in the show boom got it done is Eugene Russell in the show mm -hmm. boom got it let's go you know what I mean I feel I feel the same way man now you know you know, being a part of that community and knowing knowing you for so long, mm -hmm. and knowing all these other actors for so long, and and you know, understanding their their struggles as well in the in the in the, in the business, it's always nice to work with cats that you know are going to bring it. Yeah. You know, that's a plus too. It's, yeah, absolutely. The, the script is great and the show is fun. If, it's, if the show is good, but man, it always makes me feel good to see you know the email come through and they're like, yeah, guess who else is in the show? Yeah. Like, yes. like when we did uh, race, we did race. Yep. And True Colors. Yep. Um, and it's like we played partner law partners, mm -hmm. and 
knowing like who that other person is going to be, yeah. who you're going to spend all, all that time with for weeks <laughs> in rehearsal and then weeks in performance, and that you have to have you you trust that they're going to bring it and that you're going to be able to to have that repartee that, yeah. that Mammoth requires. Yeah. Um, like that was a that was a relief. That was you know like we're like. Me and Neil, I just, I have total faith that we're, we're going to be, yeah. this is going to work. And, and same thing with, uh, you know, we did a Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Um, that, that was one of those moments. It was like, what? Who else is in it? Andrew? Joe? Richard? Oh yeah. my goodness, man. This is going to be, this is going to be lit. And so, um, you know, yeah. seeing from the very beginning when we first started working on Race to sort of the kind of conclusion, a little bit of recognition for, for, for what we did, I, I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah, Andrew and I, we, we did a pretty damn good job, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so what do you think, um, since, let's say since since you left college, you've been working. Yep. Every time I turn around, I see your face. It's like, oh, Andrew's in this, Andrew's in this, Andrew's in that. How did, how did you feel, or how do you feel now with your, you know, your seasoned career? What do you think is like the next, the next thing? Is it just doing this and cutting is keeping it consistent or are there any um kind of you know higher or larger aspirations you know who knows what the future holds mm -hmm. um uh i am i know that at this i don't know for how long longer than months years few years i'm much more interested in doing theater than i am i'm so much it's so hard to book something yeah to book a play You've got eight to ten weeks of work. Yeah. You book something on TV, you might have, you know, a day or yeah. maybe a, a few week. days, maybe yeah. a week of maybe, work. Right. I would rather work for ten weeks. Interesting. You know, and the, obviously there's a big financial difference, but I just want, I love coming to the theater. I love coming to work. Um, I love going to rehearsal. I love being in a rehearsal room. I love the camaraderie and yeah. all the, you know, bullshitting that we do and, and just the, the, the fun of being around your people. Yeah. I'm um, telling you, man, I feel, I feel the same way. I mean, I, I missed you guys last week when I was, yeah. I was stricken. It was like, and I felt like, you know, my body was, was literally betraying me. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I, I want to be with you guys. Yeah. I want to be here. I want to be around my people, but I just can't. So. Yeah. You know, I feel that too, man. The, the rehearsal process can be tough, especially this this rehearsal process. I mean, it can be tough, but like you said, uh, you know, getting into the room with the people, feeling the energy, and it, you know, it gets you through, man. And that's what I love about this work, for the most part. Um, I like film and TV. I'm kind of I'm kind of pushing toward a little bit of that, a little bit more of that, because I feel like I can do it, and mm -hmm. I, you know, it's 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 fun to me, but it's also kind of a different kind of fun. You know, it's all it's all really kind of like, all right, well, you know, you're going to be sitting at a table, you know, having a cup of coffee. And so it's like, okay, well, you're going to be sitting at a table having a cup of coffee. You know what I mean? Out in some at some restaurant somewhere on location. If I always find that to be a little a little easier for me to get my mind around. You know what I mean? They give you the world. They give it to you. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I'm I'm certainly looking. Looking forward to doing a lot more of that in theater. I'll be doing theater. I tell people all the time, I'll be done. I'm going to die on stage, man. You know what I'm saying? Not to not to curse myself, but uh, you know, I'm. <laughs> I feel like I'm dying on stage. Yeah. Bro. I'm going to be doing this. I've been doing it longer than I knew what it was. So 
I will be doing it until I can't. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll never stop doing theater. It's just too, it's too. Until you can't. I feel the yeah, same way. Yeah, it's just too rich, man. The, the energy that you get from the audiences or the energy you get from your your teammates, you know what I mean? For lack of a better term, castmates, you want to call them that. I always think, you know, sports, you know, talk sports all the time. But, um, you know, that energy, you just can't get it on, you know, on a film set. Let me ask you this. Yeah. How long have you been doing Christmas Carol? What was your... Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I want to say I started the first year I was 21. So I would guess this is my 23rd season. What? Do you think you've done 23 productions? I'm pretty sure. If, not, if my memory serves me correctly, I started this when I was 21. And was your first in the the the, the last version? Mm-hmm. Yep, the, 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 the last one. Yeah, yeah. I came, I came like a year or so after the... The version before that, which I think was the Sandra Deer version, uh-huh. and um, yeah, I joined. I joined the cast. Uh, I say about twenty-one. Wow! So Chris was Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Chris was Scrooge. Yeah, Chris. Chris was Scrooge, man, and that's uh, kind of like how I sort of fell into fell in with the cast. You know, Chris was like, "Hey, man, come on, let me show you some stuff, man." Let me, uh, Did you start as Cratchit? Nope. Started as um, I started as Topper. Really, the Topper was uh-huh. the was the role I did. Uh, was mm-hmm. the role that I played. After that, a couple of years later, I did uh, I did Marley uh, for a couple of years in performance, and I started understanding that was when I moved on to Cratchit and as as Cratchit, sort of the rest of the system. I did Cratchit for easily 12, 13 years. Yeah, I think you know from right. um, So I joined uh, I, during your Cratchit run. I mm-hmm. played Marley five or six years, several years with Chris, and then a couple of years with David. Mm-hmm. Um, Mostly here, uh, and then a couple years at the Cobb Energy yeah. Center, in the vast, vast oh, boy. Cobb Energy Center. Yeah. Um, what was that experience? What was it? What was it like doing the, that character each year for thirteen years? Oh man! Um, by the time I because I can tell you, you brought it every night. Like, like you were <laughs> I great, it, man. Cratchit. You were fantastic, Cratchit. I appreciate it, man. I think as I. When I first started the character, playing the character, I didn't have any children, you know. So I think I I think that deepened it. Yeah, as I got older and my children got older, I started to access different places in my mind and in yeah. my heart yeah. that I had just no understanding of sure. before I had children. And so in the last few years or so, again, you know, my son Elijah actually did it. You remember? He yes, did a, he was did there. a couple of years with us. Yeah. And so. Um, that's where that's when it really started to land a lot of the emotion that I I'm, that I might have been you know, sort of acting and fabricating to some yeah. degree when I first started doing it. You know, because I honestly thought I was a bit too young when they said, "Hey, you want you want to be crash? I was like, oh, "I think I'm a little bit too young for that." Then, um, as I, as my children came into the world, and by, especially by the time you know, right before the, the transition into this new piece, it was. It was some real emotional stuff. I would just consider myself and my world and, and you know, these events that are going on in Gratchett's world and his life. Yeah. And just applying it to myself. And before I knew it, I mean, I was like, yeah, you know, this, those were those some real emotions going on up there, man. Some real emotions. What do you think about, the, you know, again, that um, that time, that last version of Christmas Carol, man? Right, do you miss it? Do I miss it? Yeah. <laughs> No, I wouldn't say I don't miss it because I love I love this version. 
Um, they were both great. When I used to see that version, I would tell people because I, you know, I didn't do six consecutive years, um, and I had seen it before I was in it, and I was like, man, this is this is a big splashy show, yeah. and I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I really thought it was. I thought it was great. Um, and then when we did the first read through of this, I thought, wow, this is really different, yeah. but also great. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, uh, the way I said it, I remember when we finished the first read through and, and, uh, I looked to the creative team and I said, wow, y'all made a play. Like this is, this is a play. Mm-hmm. Um, Tons of opportunity for some real mm-hmm. chewy, yeah, kind of acting moments. Yeah, more so than than, than the other version. Sure, just different, just different, but great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, and you know, I had a similar reaction when I was, you know, the idea of playing Scrooge was brought up. I was like, Scrooge, because. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, one, I had seen the grind. As Marley, I had seen the grind of what playing Scrooge is. We do nine. Back then, sometimes we were doing ten shows a week. You know, it's like, this is exhausting. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that doesn't look like fun, man. Like, it looks like fun for a while, and then it looks like the last ten miles of a marathon. <laughs> I, you, I remember you got... Did you, was, did you get sick? Was that last year or last year? Yes, last yeah, year I yeah. lost my voice. Yeah. Yep. See, you know, no. man, it's 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 hard, man. You know, they they had asked me to, um, to understudy the role, and I was like, I don't know if I want to do that because you know I just want to focus on you know being Fezziwig and the other track, man, because I know how hard that is. I mean, you're out there. That's funny. You're out there two hours. Yeah. You don't go anywhere. No. My f- side note, my first year as Marley, they asked me to understudy Scrooge, and I gave the same yeah, answer. No, man. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. Uh, let, you know let Joe Knessovich do that, yeah. man. Joe's <laughs> been watching it for years. He's got it in, the, in his pocket. He could pull it out. Um, but so it, the idea of playing Scrooge was brought up, and I thought, man, I feel kind of young for Scrooge. But then th- I spoke to Lior, the director, at length um, and expressed my concerns, and, and she gave me just a different perspective on it, that it makes sense, the math makes sense of the age that I am, the age that Fred is, uh, the, the how many years ago Marley died. Um, the math all adds up, and it had, it had this interesting uh, spin of this guy who gets redeemed, he's not a really old man who might, who might kick he's, off yeah, at any minute. Moment, yeah. like, I've got, my guy has decades of being a new man yep. yep and i think that's a i think that's a neat cool spin on it yeah yeah all right andrew i have in my hand a container of questions okay that we will now rapid fire back and forth to one another i ask you the question and then you can throw it back to me if you like or we can move on to uh, another question i'm just gonna show up with you cameron Really nice, nice decorated. It's kind of like this reddish uh, canister. Canister, you know, yeah. If you can imagine, it's like very festive. Very festive. It's got a little bow on the front of it. It's really cool. 
All right, so first question, randomly. I'm just pulling it out. <clears throat> if the ghost of Christmas past visited you and took you back in time, what moment in your life would you want to revisit and why? Wow, man. Um, all right, first moment that popped up was a... Uh, it's, a, it's funny. All right. The first moment that popped up is a pivotal moment in my life, but it's not a moment that I would do differently. Mm. It's a, it, I had, I talked about, uh, I was going to a school. I was not happy in high school. I was not happy there. I, I had applied to another school. I had gotten in and it was the night before I had to make the decision of whether I was going to go or not. Mm. And I wrote, and I was, I decided the devil I know is better than the devil I don't. And I wrote a letter saying, I am going to stay at the school where I go. And I went to bed. It was a really hard decision. And my dad came into my room after I was in bed and he gave me a talk and told me about this pivotal moment in his life where he had to decide whether to continue in his job or whether to risk everything and open his own business. And he opened it, he took the leap and he opened his own business and it you know, changed the direction of his life. Um, and my dad and I had not had a lot of conversations like that. And then he left it in my hands and he left. And I got out of bed and I tore up that letter and I wrote a new letter and I went to a new school and it was the most important decision I ever made. Interesting. Completely changed my life. Awesome. Yeah. Man. That's great, man. I, so you got from, from that talk with your father that, you know, what I get from the story at least that changes sometimes. Taking the leap. The taking leap, the leap. Know, yeah, taking know. the leap. Absolutely, man. Yeah. All right. Of opportunity. Yep. You want to take that? You want to take that? Oh yeah. Let me think. Oh god, man. Um, I think yeah. Very much the same. Um, I was at a school. I was in high school because I didn't come. In, I didn't go to Tri Cities until my, until my tenth grade year. I was at a school. Um, I was at Banneker High School in my ninth grade year, right up the street from my house. I could walk to school, and but it was the it was the same friends. It was the, not even the same friends. Like many of the same people. That I went to middle school with and the elementary school with, and I, I kind of developed this reputation as just this sort of quiet nerd. I, you know, I wore glasses. I had a pimply face. I did my schoolwork. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. And so, and I was, I was sort of tired of that because I was like, that's just not who I am. You know what I mean? I know that's how it came across, especially like in the early '90s. You know what I mean? You're wearing glasses. You're a nerd immediately. Yeah. Granted, I am a nerd to this day. You know, I've accepted it, but. uh I just wanted to go to a school that I could just start over yeah. and really present myself in the way that I really wanted to be received and who, who I really was. And that's what I ended up at Tri-Cities. Nice. Mm -hmm. All right. Rabbit fire. Who or what is inspiring you most right now? My children. Pretty simple. Um, my son, uh, particularly because he, he's, he's sort of, he's deigning to sort of follow you know, in my footsteps as far as performance is concerned, my daughter is a designer, so she's artist and sort of creative in that regard. Said designer, she wants to do more of the backstage stuff, you know, or stage managing and things like that. But yeah, my children they inspire me every day. That's awesome. You know, I, I put way too much time into them for me not to be inspired by it. That's the only thing that I can really describe as inspiration. What about yourself? Give me a new one. A new one. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Rapid fire, rapid fire. Right. <laughs> What's your favorite holiday pastime? See, I, I mean, it's not a... I, I, what I love about the holidays is seeing family. Yep. 
Um, like my favorite holidays are the ones that involve everybody coming together for dinner. That's that's what I like about them. Important. Go ahead. Give me them. All right. What role have you portrayed as an actor that is your favorite? Tough one. Yeah. Now I got to remember all of them. Shit. Um, what popped in your head? Or what popped in was, was, was race. Uh -huh. um, you know, playing that character. And I forget his name. Uh, Henry. Um, it, was, it was fun. He was, you know, whip smart. Yep. Um, I like playing smart characters. I like playing characters with, with some level of authority. And... Um, yeah, I would say I would say that you know, uh, yeah, yeah, Henry, Henry was nice. cool. All right, rapid fire, come on, come on, we're gonna get all these in. Let's see. If if the ghost of Christmas past visited you, what habit would you start today that could create joy and happiness for your future? Uh, daily cardio. <laughs> uh, yeah, daily cardio. Uh, Stop smoking as much. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be uh, yeah, that would be kind of one of my <laughs> concepts. <laughs> Who's the bigger Scrooge between the you? Why do you think so? Who's the bigger Scrooge between you and I? I've never played Scrooge. No, in life. Oh, in life. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking Scrooge. Oh, nah. I don't. I can't. I don't know if I can answer that question. I don't think I'm a screw very much of a Scrooge. I can be. I can be very Scrooge like with my kids. Uh -huh. You know what I mean. But uh, I'm gonna guess me. You think I, so? Yeah, but I don't think I'm super Scroogey. But I'm guessing I'm Scroogier than you are. <laughs> Just out out in the world. <laughs> Rapid fire, baby. Let's go. Biggest self care <clears throat> tool that protects you from burnout. Video games. Tell me more. Oh, man. I've been into Just, video games since I can remember. And the video games have long since been just for kids, man. You can get some real good sort of cathartic experiences by playing video games. Games like Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, The Last of Us. There's some really amazing... There's some real amazing storytelling going on in video games these days. I know people like, you play video games? That's for kids. Like, <laughs> Joke's on you, buddy. I have not... I can't... Well... I haven't played a video game probably since Miss Pac-Man. If there was more than a joystick and one button, it was too much. Like Galaga? Forget it. <laughs> All right, let's see. What is, what is your superpower? What is your kryptonite? Gosh. Um, boy. Deep. deep. <laughs> He's a deep What's my superpower? Um... My superpower, I think, is uh, remaining calm in a stressful situation um, and still being able to think. Um, and my kryptonite, gosh, I may have to come back to that. All right. What's your superpower? I man, this is going to be a tough one, too. I was going to try to avoid that question. <laughs> I don't want anybody to know my kryptonite. Uh, but um, I, I would say my superpower is my consistency. You know, I, I like to think that my emotions, I keep my emotions usually in check. You know, I'm consistent with friends. If you're, if you're cool with me, I'm cool with you. You know, I'll always treat you with honor, respect, and kindness. 
but I could be just as uh, vengeful if if that's the kind of energy that I receive. I'll, uh-huh. I'll, I'll give it back to you. You know what I mean? That's the kind of guy. Wow, I've never seen that. Kind of right. Because you, you cool. You cool with me. Yeah. Yeah, you know? So. Okay, last super, super lightning round question. Yeah. What is your favorite Christmas Carol memory? It would have to be uh, <laughs> uh, Megan McFarlane. There's a section in the show where we're, you know, we're looking in the windows. And the old shit. The old, the old, the old, yeah, yeah, the old version. Um, we're looking in the windows where, where, you know, people are saying, you know, talking about what they see from fruits and vegetables and things like that, toys and things. And Megan McFarlane had this line about, you know, Swiss cakes or spiced cakes or whatnot before it. But she goes up at the moment she's supposed to say her line. And she says, figs, fish, and... <laughs> Hotcakes to go. <laughs> like hotcakes to go. The cast, we were we were done. And there were like three or four more lines that needed to be yeah. said after that. Think it's it. We were all like <clears throat> And we had we had half a song to sing. And that was I remember that vivid. Hot cakes to go. Thank you, McFarlane. I'll never I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll let you this is all right. So my honestly, my favorite is something that I wasn't even there for. It was just a. It was it was a legendary story of something that had happened when Daniel May played Marley, uh, and he got Marley flew, and he got turned around. The wires got his his flying wires got spun around and stuck so that he was facing upstage. Yes, and they could not get him. They couldn't get him out out of. Out of view. They couldn't get him above the proscenium. They couldn't get him to the side. And the next scene is going on mm-hmm. while Marley is hanging in the just air. Hanging there. Upstage, just sort of gently swaying in the breeze. <laughs> Don't mind me. Nothing, nothing to see. <laughs> and eventually, I believe they lowered him down to the ground. He unhooked himself and just walked Walk off stage. Yep. That is exactly how that happened. And I played Marley, and you know, I would get tangled up in the big red bow or something. I'd start to spin and sure. sway and stuff. But that, the nightmare of that happening never happened, but it was just so that, funny. Things going wrong is the best stuff. Yeah, man. It's the most memorable stuff. Well, shoot, dude, man. It's good talking with you, man. I, you great talking We hadn't had a chance to really, really talk during this process. But, yeah. But uh, it's good to sit down here, hear your stories and your thoughts. We're good talking. Likewise. Whatever. What a fun conversation. I love hearing Andrew and Neil talk about their lives and their careers and uh, the Christmas Carol. Speaking of a Christmas Carol, there's still time to see this beautiful, luscious production on the Alliance Theater's Coca-Cola stage. A Christmas Carol runs until December 24th. If you've already seen A Christmas Carol or would just like a different holiday offering, we are also presenting A Gift of Love with Adam L. McKnight. This is a really cool musical concert full of holiday favorites, R&B and pop classics. And for the very little ones, Knock Knock, a joyful production for zero to five-year-olds and their caregivers and for all families in your lives. This marks the last podcast episode for the year. How wonderful it's been to spend the year with you and with these amazing artists. 
We are so excited to reconnect in 2023. In the meantime, have a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year. Thank you.